Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, you know, I've been thinking, and as we're all watching the devastating videos coming out once again out of Texas of a yet another climate change environmental disaster, folks, within less than 24 hours, As the news is reporting, a summer, meaning two months worth of rain, fell in Dallas, Texas. Let me say that again. Within less than 24 hours, a summer's worth of rain fell in Dallas, Texas, causing immense flash floods. People, there are videos of people literally swimming out of their cars to safety. And I'm thinking to myself, self, Maybe it would be something if Greg Abbott's dumb ass would spend just maybe half the time that he spends on persecuting drag queens and the LGBTQ community and trans kids and their families for, you know, seeking medical treatment for them and maybe criminalizing, you know, abortion, that maybe if he took half the fucking effort that he puts into discrimination right? And creating a hellish environment for marginalized communities in Texas and actually put it into dealing with the issues that Texans are actually needing him to focus on, like the fucking power grid that keeps going out when it's too fucking hot there, or these flash floods and creating infrastructure that is going to be compatible with the climate crisis that is increasing in this country and around the globe. Maybe, you know, 
He could actually do something, the thing that governors are supposed to do, which is care for their citizens. But instead, no, he's a Republican governor, which means that he's going to invent crises as opposed to dealing with the ones that are in front of him. But let me tell you, folks, that, you know, the other day, I'm finally out of the boot. Uh, so I'm, I'm slowly, uh, literally, very slowly getting back into my regular cadence of walking. And I, for the first time in, I, I couldn't even remember, I was saying to my mother, the last time that I was caught outside in the rain, because you all know I'm here and in New York and not in the same, uh, with the same kind of devastation that California is being met with, with regard to their drought, but New York is in a drought as well every day. It says it's going to rain, 40% chance of rain. It never rains. But the other day, I was actually ca caught in, uh, in a rainstorm. And I'm thinking to myself, what's happening here is so severe and so fast. But climate scientists have been warning about what was going to happen for the last 30 years. And no one paid attention. Because of why? Greed because of the desire to continue to make money, to fill up the air with, you know, CO2 emissions, um, for celebrities to be able to take 15 minute trips on, you know, their private jets that are uh, akin to having, you know, millions of cars on the road that they just spew out in 15 minutes. Um, Maybe if we had taken action, if we realized that true wealth isn't really about how much you can consume, but about the way that you live and about being able to, you know, breathe fresh air and drink clean water and go out in the summertime uh, and not feel like the people did in India when the temperatures this spring hit 122 degrees and they, they said that being in the sun, if you were in it too long, felt like somebody was placing a laser over your skin, right? This is the climate crisis. It's not 30 years down the road. It's fucking here. So you have parts of the country that are either up in flames or dry as dust, which means that what? Our food costs are going up, not just because of inflation, because we can't make the same type of produce because we can no longer predict the type of weather that we're going to have. So you have Texas saying, oh my God, we need water. We need water. And then they have record breaking floods. The earth is so fucking dry. Like all it does is bubble up. Everything has become so extreme in this country, in this world, not just our politics, but our environment and the way that we're living. And what is it all about? It's about our treatment our treatment of one another and our treatment of this one earth that we are living on. We look around and I'm saying to myself, as I was walking home in the rain the other day, there were reports that came out that were saying that rainwater is no longer safe. I don't know when it was because I, I didn't do this as a kid, but maybe some of you all did. It's no longer safe to drink, right? That rainwater is actually so polluted right? That it is no longer safe to drink. And there is a book, the book that I talk about often, Parable of the Sower, Octavia Butler, where it never rained, right? In her futuristic version of America, which is basically the America that we're living in now, 
It never rains. Water has become one of the hottest commodities. And as I was walking home in the rain, I said, well, either one of two things are going to happen. Rain is just going to turn into acid and we will never be outdoors when it rains in future, in, in future years, or it's just going to stop raining altogether. You had reports coming out um, that I saw that people are getting uh, violations in California. A lot of celebrities, uh, including the Kardashian clan, for not adhering to the water restriction laws, right? Like, oh, fountains and pools and this, that, and the other thing, and not really giving a fuck and thinking that, oh, well, it comes from a hose, so it's going to be plentiful. It's not, right? I can actually remember um, the rapper Most Deaf, um, formerly known as Most Deaf, who created a song. When was it? I want to say that it was early 2000s that was called Worldwide Water. And it was about how water, which was abundant, was going to become the more expensive than gold. And as I'm watching these crises unfold one city after the other, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, he, much like all of the climate scientists, were completely right. And I keep thinking with each and every headline that just gets worse and worse about our climate conditions, you know, how long we actually really have before there is no point of there, that we've, we've gone past the point of no return. I think that we're here because while I applaud tremendously the Biden administration for passing significant climate legislation, it still doesn't go far enough not to deal with these fucking type of crises that we have right now. And so you wonder, is incrementation, incremental change, really what it is that we need right now? Not facing the kind of consistent tragedies that we are seeing. So I, I just don't know like when the masses are going to make the connection between what is happening. The other thing that I want to talk about today as well is, you know, a conversation that I've had on here many times and, and a conversation that continues to come up when I go uh, and make cable news appearances. And it's this, Danielle, what do you think is going to be most important at the polls and during midterms? Is it going to be abortion or is it going to be kitchen table issues? And I literally listened to a pundit the other day say that, you know, it's going to be really exciting to see what the biggest issue is for midterms. And I'm like, can we stop siloing these issues out or compartmentalizing them as if somehow they're not all interconnected? How do you still not see abortion in this day and age as a kitchen table issue? When you can't actually feed all of the fucking mouths that are at your kitchen table, and then you now have a pregnancy that you're being forced to carry. And by the way, there was a report that came out and Google this because I don't remember where it came from, uh, but I saw it on CNN that said, do you know how much it costs to raise a child in these United States right now? And I don't know what they mean by raise a child. Is the cutoff 18? Because Frankly, you have people that are living at home with their parents well into their late 20s because things have become just that unaffordable. $300,000. 
And I looked at, my sister was here visiting with me and I looked at her and I was like, it costs $300,000 to raise a child? And I was like, Nicole, look up and tell me what the average salary in the United States is. Do you guys know what the average salary is in the United States? And it depends on what you, you know, most recent um, numbers are from, are, are from 2019 and 2020. Folks, the average salary in these United States is less than $60,000 a year. And I actually think that it was really about 57. How are you making $57,000 a year and are able to afford the cost of a child that we just learned was $300,000? And now you're being forced into a situation where you don't get to choose if, when, and how you create a family. And so now not only are you being forced to birth a child, but ain't nobody coming to your aid to actually help you, right? You're not getting child tax credits. You're not getting... um a universal pre-K paid for by the state or by the federal government. None of those things are happening. We don't even give fucking paternity and maternity leave, right? In a way that makes sense. Most people have to go back to work after three to six weeks of having a child, not because they want to, but because they can't afford to stay home any longer or the policies at their jobs say that, hey, either you take disability and take half, maybe, maybe half of your salary home or you get back to work. So how is it then that you have pundits and you have hosts that are still framing the conversation around abortion as if it doesn't have anything to do with fucking money? Because that to me is just a really intellectually dishonest conversation to be having. It isn't one or the other. They are both connected. Because I don't know where the fuck you were raising kids these days. Not out in the wild. Right? So it costs money. And if you don't have money, how is that not your kitchen table issue? So I really wish that we would stop siloing out these conversations as if it needs to be one driving thing to get people to the polls. Because frankly, if you are not voting, then you are just not paying attention and you think that all is going to be okay. And trust me, if you're paying attention to the goddamn headlines, you realize every single day, ain't nothing going to be okay. The Damage Report with John Idarola is one of the most popular shows on the TYT network that serves as your daily breakdown of the genuine threats and challenges facing our country and world. These days, we're confronted with an overwhelming sea of shocking, confounding, and devastating news stories. The Damage Report is your life raft, helping you navigate the day's news and understand the damage caused by the corrupt establishment, politicians, corporations, and everything in between. Join the Damage Report's notorious fan club, The Dragon Squad, where you become part of a fantastic community of progressives. Create a fun dragon nickname that fits your personality, collaborate, and participate in fun activities like voting for, the garbage person of the week, and much more. Listen to The Damage Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. 
there! I want to tell you about another podcast I think you'll love. The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics, hosted by Ashanti Goler, the president of Emerge. BGG is the one-stop shop for women of color who want to hear and talk about the world of politics. Join Ashanti this season as she talks to incredible women of color who are changing the face of politics and tackling some of the most important issues facing the United States. From reproductive justice to voting rights to climate change and more. Tune in every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of which, horrific video that I refuse to watch, and I just want to let you all know that if you choose not to watch it, it is okay. That does not make you a bad person. It does not make you not in solidarity. Horrific video has come out. Three police officers in Arkansas beating the shit out of a suspect that Three officers are on top of kicking the suspect in the head, in the body, as they are putting on handcuffs. And we have the governor talking about bad apples once again, because this is the favorite, favorite fucking thing to say after every single police Video of violence comes out. It doesn't matter what state you're in. doesn't matter what city or township that you are in. It is the same police chief and the same fucking governor and the same district attorney saying the same fucking things. We love law enforcement. Most of our cops are out there brave and doing the right thing. But there are a few, quote, say it with me, bad apples. And this is what I say to that. How many bad apples does it take to create a poisoned orchard, right? Because it seems to me that from New York City to Ferguson, right, to Arkansas, to all of these places, to Louisville, right, to Atlanta, it seems to me to be a lot of motherfucking bad apples. And one of the other things that I heard in the press conference that was done was talking about the fact that this is not what police officers are, are, are trained to do. Well, what are they trained to do? Because I also alerted you all to the story that came out of Detroit where that little Boy Scout group was on a field trip and then what they saw in the shooting range were all black men in hoodies. So you don't actually know what is happening in quote unquote police training. But what I do know is that it is the perpetuation of white supremacy, which is steeped in fucking violence. And that there really is no difference between the proud boys and the oath keepers and the motherfucking police that you see on the street. Because one of these Arkansas officers, by the way, had been written up before, but guess what? Just like Derek Chauvin, he stayed on the motherfucking job. Because we always protect the blue. So bad apples or a fucking gang? You tell me what the difference is. But I know that we have a continuation of police violence in this country because the police are never held accountable or responsible. Do you think that if we finally were to ever create, oh, I don't know, that magical George Floyd bill that, you know, Cory Booker and you know, and, and, and others threw up their hands on because they couldn't come into agreement, right? 
uh, with Republicans because when Republicans are not going to agree to get rid of qualified immunity because they want as many BIPOC people to be beat, shot and killed by police as possible. Right. Because that's why the police force was created in the first place. You all know this. Well, maybe you don't because we don't teach history in America, do we? But those slave catcher patrols are what eventually grew into the modern day police force. So they're, you know, you put together slave catcher patrol in order to catch enslaved African people who were running for freedom, running for their lives and bring them back to be tortured and abused by their masters so that you can make a buck. Tell me the difference between that and what most municipalities have, which are quotas for their police officers to make by ticketing people and then throwing them in jail when they rack up too many tickets. That's how the Ferguson police department where Mike Brown was murdered back in 2014. That's what they were doing, right? They were just making money off of poor people that weren't able to pay tickets and just throwing them in jail. Tell me the difference there, right? Because you're still using people who are part of vulnerable populations and using them as your little catnip so that you can get a kickback, just like the slave patrol catchers did. Here's your, you know, $100 reward. I'm just so sick to death of these conversations and the same people coming across my screens talking about we need accountability and justice, knowing that we ain't ever going to get it. It doesn't matter whether or not it's on video. It doesn't matter whether or not, you know, because all people want to say, and I listen to the reporting is as we can see from this angle. And I'm like, how many fucking angles do you need to see in order to realize that three men are taking down what looks like one slight man of color and he is already handcuffed and you're beating the shit out of him. What other vantage point do I need? What do I need to have seen, right, to proceed that to justify those acts of brutality and violence at the hands of police who ride around in cars that say protect and serve? It makes no goddamn sense to me. But here we are. Once again, another person, thankfully, this one is alive, right? Um, but... We only have, you know, probably just a couple of days until yet another story of an unarmed black person or a person of color being killed by police. And then we'll have this conversation recycled all over again. I don't even think that people do any research anymore. I think they just regurgitate the same talking points, right? Because nothing actually ever changes. We all watch George Floyd be murdered, have the life sucked out of him, Right. By Derek Chauvin, we think, oh my God, here we have justice because Derek Chauvin is in jail, but that didn't set up any precedent to make sure that kind of heinous police behavior never happens again, right? You now, finally, after a couple of years of Breonna Taylor being murdered in her sleep, that you have those police officers facing federal crime charges, but again, Justice delayed because it doesn't go any further in creating policy that blankets and says that not even police officers are above the law. Do you think that we would have so many goddamn shootings at the hands of police if they knew that they could be held criminally liable? I think that they would think twice before they shot. 
I, I just, you know, I get exhausted. And the reason why I don't watch these videos anymore, because they really tear at your soul. And I don't think that you need to watch the video in order to empathize um, or to feel sickened by what you're seeing. But what happens, I think, too often is that these videos circulate and we all just become desensitized to what it is that we're seeing. Oh, it's just another, you know, person being beaten. It's just another person being shot. And we just, they lose the sense of humanity and police lose the sense of responsibility that they are supposed to have. I'm just so sick. To, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I, I become continually, continually exhausted. Um, let's switch gears to where we are with Donald Trump and the search at Mar-a-Lago. So right now there is all this bullshit happening, uh, with the federal judge over the case because folks want the affidavits, um, released. The judge said that the department of justice, um, can redact whatever they believe is going to put the criminal case that they are putting together, which we know that they are putting together against, um, potentially, let me say that against Donald Trump. They do not want this to be hindered by releasing too much information into the public. The judge has come back and said by what he has already seen that, yeah, the department of justice should not re like we're not going to see an unredacted version of that affidavit most likely ever. Um, and we won't really learn more until there are indictments that come out. But what the judge has said is that he believes that not one, not two, but multiple federal crimes were happening at Mar-a-Lago. And therefore the search and seizure that was done was necessary for the preservation of, you know, our democracy. Because as the Department of Justice has come out and said, oh, we have concerns around the Espionage Act. Now, if you're only watching Fox News, which I know none of you do, or maybe you do just for, you know, to see what the other side is doing. But basically, where we are, is that you have Republicans calling on the defunding of the FBI, which is law enforcement, which, you know, they only give a shit about when they are, again, squeezing the life out of or shooting the life out of black people and people of color. But when in fact you're just, you know, applying the law to everybody, including the former twice impeached disgraced president of the United States, you then somehow feel like, oh, well, he's above the law and this was illegal and this is, un it was unprecedented. But let's just be clear that Donald Trump's whole reign as fucking president of these United States was unprecedented. That a man like him should have never had access to the nuclear fucking codes, should have never had access to any fucking classified documents that this motherfucker could turn around and sell to the highest bidder to bring his broke ass out of debt. Because that's exactly what we know Donald Trump would be doing. So there is an article in the New York Times um, that came out that talks about the fact that you know who else is responsible? for these boxes, right? These two dozen boxes that ended up in a fucking Mar-a-Lago basement is Mark Meadows, right? Because 
Mark Meadows, first of all, Trump had no confidence in Mark Meadows towards the end, and that Mark Meadows was a chief of staff, which means that he knew what was leaving the White House when and how. And Mark Meadows, former member of Congress, I'm pretty sure understood or knew the protocol. But what they were saying was that because Donald Trump was so delusional about him leaving the White House and not being president anymore, that he felt that those boxes were his. Folks, let's be clear. No, he didn't. Donald Trump knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. And, uh, and, and, and you know, this isn't about love letters to Kim Jong-un, right? Or Mohammed bin Salam, right? This is about the potential identification of intelligence agents that are actively in the field and being able to sell that, right, to our quote-unquote enemies for billions of dollars, right? I just, I, I the fact that you have Republicans acting as if this is no big deal, I actually heard one of them say, um, on some show, maybe it was meet the press that, oh, there's no more information in there about nuclear or weapons or codes than you can't get on your iPhone just by Googling. Do they listen to themselves? Do you think that they listen back to themselves and think, my God, how fucking stupid do I sound? It's, it's wild. It's wild. But you know, whenever you think that we've reached the point of no return when, oh my God, they can't possibly, can't possibly defend this. This is indefensible. Oh no, they find a way to defend Donald Trump until the ends of the earth. Because I'm pretty sure what else was in that safe, right? Are probably dossiers on every Republican, governors, members of Congress, you know, AGs and everything, because that's what mobsters do. But that doesn't absolve these people of their oath that they took to the Constitution or to the Republic, right? Um, but clearly, there is nothing that Donald Trump can do. And like he said uh, during the campaign, he can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and he would watch his poll numbers rise. And I believe that to be 100% true. You know, folks, <laughs> Mitch McConnell was interviewed the other day. I hate that man so much. I digress. But he said that our democracy is in our stake. Our democracy is solid. Sir, where are you looking? What exactly are you looking at and listening to, you know, almost 18, 19 months after an attempt to violently overthrow the government? when you are seeing and hearing about reports of rise in political violence, uh, when you have um, people who are being shot in front of FBI buildings, when you have bomb threats that are going into hospitals because of the care that they are giving to transgender children, what, what part of any of this means to you that our democracy is strong? I mean, that is like the gaslight of all gaslights because their own Republican base is talking about the fact that they believe that a civil war is coming, 
that a majority of them believe that a civil war is coming. And I believe that a majority of them are hoping and rooting for a civil war to come so that they can utilize their stockpile of ammunition and guns that they have. Let's not pretend, right? Let's not just lie for the sake of fucking lying. You know, we can actually tell the truth. And maybe if we did, things would begin to change. Just, you know, maybe. Here's hoping. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.